Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film Podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Dumbo in today's statistics episode. We reap the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. That's right, statistics for a new Disney movie that is coming out. I feel like I've done this a lot. Um, <laughs> all right, let's let's get into this this new elephant of a movie. Uh, Dumbo, another live-action remake from Disney. Uh, the original, years and 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 years old, um, is uh, it's it's being remade. They they made it again, and this time it is by Tim Burton. So, on one hand, um, you know I I, I don't know I, I really like the Disney remakes. I'll be honest, I, I like them. I think it's fun to have them. And I'm looking forward to The Lion King. I'm, I don't know about Aladdin, but generally I, I look forward to them. I'm also a big fan of Tim Burton. I, I like Tim Burton a lot. I like most of his movies. I think he makes fun, interesting things. And um, while some of his more recent efforts have been lackluster, I was anticipating Dumbo. And then uh, I saw it. I saw it in IMAX uh, Thursday, Thursday evening, um, and uh, the theater was pretty empty. Uh, you know, you know, probably seated three hundred people, and twenty five were there, give or take, myself included. And uh, it didn't start for the first fifteen minutes, and then the trailer started, and we watched the twenty minutes of trailer, so. Posted time starting of 6 o'clock. You know, the film didn't even start playing until about 6.35. And uh, so, you know, didn't didn't really... Um, didn't get off on the right foot, to be, to be honest. But, uh, you know, once the movie started, I really liked... There's an opening shot. It's the train going by for the circus. And, you know, we kind of pan across the side of the train and... That was that was good. I, I liked I liked the first shot. I liked seeing the circus. I liked that and then you know we got into the movie. So uh, if you can't tell, I, I'm a little down on it, a little down. Uh, so here here are the statistics. Here, here are the actual 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 stats going in. Dumbo. Uh, March 28th, 2019. It's 104 minutes long. It is a 2019 film. My brief summary. A baby elephant with big ears makes a name for himself in the circus. Same exact summary I use for the animated version of Dumbo. And uh, while there's a lot more to this version than there is to the original, uh, it still still um, still still holds true. Uh, I gave the film a 35. I pretty down on it. You know, again, I like these Disney live action remakes. Generally, I like Tim Burton movies. Generally, this was both and did not hit home hard hit as hard as either really um so there's that uh rotten tomato score currently at 52 percent. so the you know critics are, are pretty mixed on it uh, as well uh, a lot of the critics i've seen have said one of two things uh the first is that um it has a good you know anti-capitalist 
big business uh, message in it. I guess that's true. A lot of people talk about the dynamic between Michael Keaton and, and Danny DeVito's characters, and I really didn't see a, much of a dynamic between the two of them. They don't interact as often as I expected them to. They don't really have a lot of dialogue between the two, and when they do, it's pretty much Michael Keaton dominating the conversation. Uh, so I, I didn't really buy into that narrative at all. The other thing I see a lot is um, good visuals, but, you know, boring, but good visuals. And I don't believe that either. I, I didn't find the visuals very entertaining or very well done. I thought it looks pretty bad, uh, especially when you compare it to The Jungle Book or to even, you know, Christopher Robin or uh, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, you know, I think all of those have better visuals than Dumbo. And, uh, you know, the, the elephants themselves, both Dumbo and his mom, if you remove them from the movie and just show them against, like, a black screen or a white screen probably look fine but they don't look like they're actually in the movie you know the edges around especially the mom when we see her as much as we do it, it just it never feels like she's really there she she does not it's like this is a green screen i can tell or this is cgi and wasn't actually there i can tell and it does not look good uh so i didn't find either of those arguments particularly uh convincing um, all right, uh, so let's let's get into this director shame. Uh, like I said, Tim Burton, one of my favorite directors. This is the twentieth film of his that I've seen. Uh, he has an average film rating. It drops his average film rating to a seventy-one point nine five. It is his third film, rated between twenty-five and forty-nine, and worst movie overall. He's made a couple of bad ones. This is, in my opinion, the worst one so far. Uh, just below Dark Shadows, uh, it is bottom of the barrel. It uh, he has it, it drops his value to a 17, his score to an 82.41, and he's ranked 10th. He's still my 10th highest ranked director. He comes in behind Billy Wilder and ahead of Wes Anderson. Um, the direction of the movie. Now, Tim Burton does not often write his own stuff. Uh, when he does, I think the films are much, much better. Uh, but a lot of the things he do, does are adaptations and remakes. You know, Planet of the Apes, Batman, Ms. Peregrine, Dumbo, Dark Shadows, uh, Sleepy Hollow, Alice in Wonderland, these, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. These are remakes and, and, and adaptations. He, he's very frequently, you know, showing something we're familiar with on, in a new way. And I do appreciate that. I think there's definitely a place for him uh, as a filmmaker. But, you know, he, he definitely succeeds more, and I think he's known a lot better for the films that he made that aren't uh, based on, aren't remake. You know, things like Ed Wood, uh, things like Edward Scissorhands, things like, you know, Big Fish and uh, Beetlejuice. I think those are definitely much, much better directed films uh, because, you know, they're, they're better written. The direction in Dumbo is fine i guess it's fine uh, it's not as bad as the film is i would say you know he uh, you know the, every once in a while we would cut to a new location or a new new sort of wide shot and i just kind of have that thought of like yes this is this is tim burton 
You know, his trademark is all over the movie, uh, from Dumbo and the big eyes to gnarled trees in, in Dreamland to, to just the overacting of all the performances. Uh, you know, he, he it's... I don't think he himself was really doing much different than he some, mostly does with, you know, these other movies, Alice and Charlie. But uh, I think it's much more on the hands of the writing. And, I, you know, he, he's not... He's definitely directed much better than this. Um, I don't know how invested he was in the story. I think Alice in Wonderland is a great, great animated Disney movie that he adapted. Or Let me rephrase. I think the story of Alice in Wonderland and the animated version of that movie, Tim Burton was the perfect person to adapt that story into a live-action version. Dumbo, I don't, um, not so much. I don't think so. Not as much. So, uh, let's get into uh, the writers. Okay. Um, skip through here to find the live-action. So, uh, Harold Pearl and Helen Aberson uh, wrote the book, uh, literally. Uh, this is their second film credit uh, as after you know the animated Dumbo prior. Uh, it drops their average film rating to a 61. They have a it is their only film rated in the 20 rated between 25 and 49. It drops their value to a 0.5. They're scored to a 31, actually increases their score to a 31. And uh, is their worst film behind the animated version of Dumbo. Uh, they are ranked 1,493rd overall. And then the screenplay writer on this version of the film is Aaron Kruger. E-H-R-E-N. Kruger. This is the fifth film of his I've seen. It increases his average film rating to a 24.8. It is his third film rated between 25 and 49 and second best movie Overall, coming in behind Ghost in the Shell and ahead of Scream 3. He is also accredited writer on Transformers Dark of the Moon and Transformers Age of Extinction. He has a value of negative 7, a score of 10.71, and is ranked 6,088th overall. One spot behind Harold Closer, uh, who is a writer on 10,000 BC and 2012. And one spot ahead of Adam McDonald, uh, who wrote Backcountry. Backcountry. Uh, and I, I put a lot of the blame at this of this movie on Aaron Kruger. I think character there are way too many characters, uh, maybe not too many characters, but the characters that we focus on are the one are the least interesting and most unnecessary characters in the movie. I can I'll talk about that more when we get into the actors. I think um, I think the the notion of extending the narrative outside of the original circus is a good one you know obviously the original movie was about 65 minutes long so it's not gonna you know if you just have the original narrative in an hour and a half 100 minute long movie it's definitely gonna drag and yet somehow we go way beyond that and it still drags it, it just it's slow as molasses the the entire uh just just the whole point of it is Okay, we we have a baby uh, elephant. It learn it learns it can fly, and then it's being exploited by the circus owner, and then it's being exploited by this other guy, the Michael Keaton character, and it, it just it just I don't know. It just built it it built on top of itself in a way that was redundant rather than expansive, uh, which is very frustrating. 
And I lay all of that blame on Aaron Kruger. I think, I, I don't, you know, Ghost in the Shell, Scream 3, two Transformers movies. These are not good movies. I don't know why people keep going to him for, for writing anything. Uh, I mean, I guess the Transformers movies made money, but no one ever said anything good about the writing in them. And uh, I don't think people are really going to say much good about the writing in Dumbo either. Yeah, it um, it just it does not come together, at all. The characters are not three dimensional. Uh, the 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 kids who are, I guess, the main human characters in the movie, although it's definitely more of an ensemble. Uh, just I don't know. Uh, the performances by the kids were fine. They weren't good necessarily, but they were fine, and. I felt like both, especially the boy, was a cardboard cutout. You know, he was just there. Uh, the girl is definitely the put, pushed forth into the spotlight. And I would have loved to see her story in Eva Green's character. I think it could have been so much more interesting if this movie was about Eva Green's character the whole time. Um, but... Let's get to that. So let's let's get to the actors. Let's let's do that because oh boy, this is uh it's fun. It's a lot of fun. All right, first actor, first up, Colin Farrell. This is the 29th film of his I've seen. It drops his average film range to a 59.45. It is his sixth film rated between 25 and 49, and 26th best movie overall, coming in behind Cassandra's Dream and ahead of Daredevil. He has a value of 5.5, a score of 61.11 and is ranked 384th overall, one spot behind Frank Phelan, one spot ahead of Jessica Chastain. Colin Farrell. What do, what do we got to say about Mr. Colin Farrell? He plays Holt Farrier, uh, who was originally in the circus as a horse stunt, stunt rider, uh, who eventually goes to war. Uh, this all happens prior to the movie starting, and the movie starts with him returning from war, now without an arm. Uh, which I found to be <laughs> funny because it turns him into an elephant, you know? He's one single arm is like a trunk, and I, I don't know, I, I thought that was kind of silly. Um, anyway, his whole purpose is telling his kids uh, that they need to, you know, be part of the circus. Uh, unfortunately, now that he's lost his arm, Danny DeVito, who runs the circus, does not want him to be stunt rider not that they have any horses anymore because he had to sell them so now colin farrell holt farrier is tasked with taking care of the elephants Ta-da. Uh, he doesn't want to do it he has no affinity for it and or experience uh and uh he's pretty shit at his job honestly but all right we, we got our tie-in all right that's all right that's why we're sticking with dumbo which doesn't make sense. We don't need a human character to stick with Dumbo. If the movie's about Dumbo, we can simply follow the elephant, whether or not he remains with the same humans the whole time. But we need an emotional connection. Holt, Holt Farrier, you know, gives us a reason to to follow these kids, I guess. Um, I don't know. Colin Farrell's performance is fine, uh, but his character, I again, I think you could just completely get rid of it doesn't need to be there, doesn't add anything to the story. 
Moving on, Michael Keaton. This is the 27th film of Michael Keaton's that I've seen. It drops his average film range to a 58.48. It is his seventh film, rated between 25 and 49, and 18th best movie overall, coming in behind Small Fry and ahead of Need for Speed. He has a value of 6, a score of 60.45, and is ranked 422nd overall, one spot behind Kara Seymour, one spot ahead of Cecil Kellaway. Michael Keaton uh, plays the role of V.A. Vanderveer. Um, which, uh, you know, Keaton has worked with uh, Burton before, Beetlejuice, uh, and um, was great. He's great as Beetlejuice. He's not great as V.A. Vandermeer, Vandeveer. Um, yeah, which is crazy. Like, he, he should be great in this role. He should be so perfect, uh, you know, hamming it up, just eating and chewing all the scenery around him as this boisterous, you know, money-grubbing theme park owner basically and I don't know he he just I don't know if it's just he doesn't get enough moments to shine I don't know if he's not given enough characterization I just none of it made any none of it elicited a reaction to me I didn't hate him you know he he wasn't mean enough to be the enemy he wasn't uh, cruel enough to to take his threats seriously I I don't know He, he wasn't smarmy and charming enough to you know sympathize or, or you know like him because he's bad uh, just I, I don't know I, I felt like he was kind of wasted and and that was surprising I didn't expect that to be the case next up is Alan Arkin this is the 19th film with Alan Arkin that I've seen it drops his average film range to a 57.84 it is his sixth film rated between 25 and 49 and 14th best movie overall coming in behind Jacob the Liar and ahead of the incredible Burt Wonderstone he has a value of 2.5 a score 54.83 to be ranked 813th overall one spot behind Lucas Hedges one spot ahead of Milton Berle uh, Alan Arkin uh, plays Jay Griffin Remington Uh, He is a bank owner who, at one point in the movie, tells us that he wants to bankroll the first flight to the moon. Uh, So, fine, I guess. Uh, He is the one funding Michael Keaton's Dreamland. Or or maybe not funding, but um, he's a prospective uh, financier of Dreamland Park. Uh, and Dumbo, as a flying elephant, is the attraction that is supposed to convince him to pony up. Uh, his role is so minor, and again, I think we we the movie kept doing this. You know, we establish Holt Ferrier, Colin Farrell's character. He is working against the kids in in a lot of ways early on. You know, telling them that they're seeing things when they tell him that. The, Dumbo's flying, telling him this, that, and the other. Then we get Dane DeVito, one step above him, who's like, oh, the the elephant flies. I can exploit this. Then, one step above him, we have Michael Keaton, who's, oh, I hear about this flying de- elephant. I can exploit that. Then we go a step above him, and he's like, and it's Alan Arkin's character, and he's like, oh, a flying elephant. That would be great reason to fund your thing so that we can exploit that too. And it just, if you're going to stack antagonists on top of each other like that they can't all be doing the same friggin thing it just it's just it's redundant and repetitive and you're just replacing one uh cruel mean antagonist villain white guy with the next one and it doesn't doesn't get us anywhere you know 
It doesn't get us anywhere. Oh, yeah. All right, what else do we got? Who else do we got? Who else do we got? Um, next up is Danny DeVito. This is the 29th film of his I've seen. It drops his average film range to a 54.55. It is his seventh film rated between 25 and 49 and 23rd film overall. Coming in behind Deck the Halls and ahead of The Comedian. He has a value of negative 5.5, a score of 45.53, and is ranked 1,808th overall. One spot behind Miguel Ferrer, Ferrer and one spot ahead of Anne Hathaway. Uh, as I mentioned, Denny Vito plays Max Medici. He runs the circus and later goes into business with V.A. Vanderveer. Uh, he actually he purchases Mrs. Jumbo, Dumbo's mom, um, prior to the movie starting, uh, with no with the knowledge that she's pregnant and uh, basically considering it an investment in the future of the circus. Uh, and so it'll be interesting. I don't know. It, it would be interesting if. I don't know if anything had had felt meaningful. <laughs> uh, you know, Devito is perfectly capable of this role. I think he's fine in it. He does a decent decent enough job. But um, you know, for mo most of the movie, he is just Michael Keaton light, and when he's not that, uh, you know, he's not even necessary to the movie at all and it's just it seems so silly that so many of these characters are superfluous but the movie is about Dumbo and the only characters that really felt like they had a, a significant and and pertinent impact on Dumbo and the only characters I really think I would keep are Michael Keaton written better Ava Green and the two kids you know, I don't think Danny DeVito is necessary. You can replace him with anybody. Um, and replace him with Michael Keaton. Like, just make this Michael Keaton's movie instead of... Or, I mean, it kind of is, but... I don't know. Make it not Danny DeVito. Make it Michael Keaton. I don't know. Whatever. It's bad. It's just bad. Just all bad. Just all bad. Uh, next up is Sandy Martin. This is the sixth film of hers I've seen. It drops her average film to a 56.67. It is her first and only film rated between 25 and 49 and worst film overall, coming in behind Lovelace. She has a value of one, a score of 43.5, and is ranked 2,083rd overall, one spot behind Paul Rudd, one spot ahead of James Gleason. Sandy Martin plays the secretary to Danny DeVito once he goes into business with V.A. Vanderveer. And that's all she's good for. <laughs> Moving on to Eva Green. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about Eva Green along with the kids in this part, uh, because the kids don't make the spreadsheet as of right now. Uh, Eva Green. This is the thirteenth film of hers I've seen. It drops her average from range to a forty-six point four six. It's her seventh film, rated between twenty-five and forty-nine, and tenth best movie overall. Coming in behind Dark Shadows and ahead of Sin City, a Dame to Kill for. She has a value of negative seven, a score of thirty-three point two seven, and is ranked three thousand four hundred twentieth overall. One spot behind Rain Wilson, and one spot ahead of Lee Keith David. No, it's not true. One spot ahead of Tommy Flanagan. Tommy Flanagan. Eva Green plays Colette Marchand. 
Marchant, 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 Marchant. She is French, I believe. Yes. Uh, she works already for Michael Keaton, for VA Vanderveer. She is part of his thing before we even get introduced to him. Uh, and her role in the film is ultimately to perform with Dumbo and fly on him. So ride him uh, like, I don't know, like a bird or a dragon, whatever, a thing that flies, a pegasus. She has the most similar story to Dumbo of humans. She is kind of collected by Michael Keaton and put on, uh, he uses her to attract viewers, which makes her the perfect analog to Dumbo in this movie. The kids do not do that. Uh, Colin Farrell is not like that, which is ridiculous. I, I, you know, when you have a movie that is surround that that surrounds a character that can't speak, that isn't even human, nine times out of ten, you have a human analog to that character, a character that goes through a very similar arc um, that is easier to relate to. And I don't not not that the movie needs to do that, but if you're gonna do that, Eva Green's character is the one to do that with. I think. You know, whatever you want to cut away the first half of the movie for, you know, to to get to the point where she is an adult and being asked to ride Dumbo, I don't know. You could have her as a child, backstory, maybe she grew up in a circus with Mrs. Jumbo, and so she's very attached to the mother of, of Dumbo, and she's there when it gives birth. Uh, once she's an adult, and now she's, you know, really good at doing the acrobat thing. Who knows? But I, I just, I think her character, what little we see of her, she, you know, she's able to, at first, you know, kind of dance across this line of, do we is she a good character or a bad character? Do we like her? Do we not like her? And eventually, you know, she settles down into this business-like demeanor, and then further settles down into this sort of mothering role to the kids even. Uh, and like that was, you know, she's probably the best character in the movie. Uh, but that said, there's the kids and the kids are fine. The kids do their thing. Um, the kids make it a kid's movie, right? Like... The kids, uh, they give the kids something to connect to because can't connect to a baby elephant. I don't know why we needed two kids. Um, I guess for the simple fact that one's a boy and one's a girl, maybe. I'm not sure. But I, I, I don't know. I, I just I felt like they didn't need to be there. I, I think they're just as unnecessary as their father. I think that watching them I wasn't it's not like they're in a bad position like they're perfectly happy in this circus the son the boy is wants to be in the circus the girl is you know interested in science and experiments and stuff uh, which is great but then you have I don't know like I wasn't like concerned for them they're not in a place in the beginning of the movie where I felt like they were 
they had to get out of it. They just kind of have a dad who just came back from the war and doesn't really understand them. Uh, that's about it. You know, they don't have a mom. Their mom's dead. But, uh, you know, it, it just it does not seem worth... It doesn't seem like a story worth telling. And ha- that's the thing. Like, you look back on the actual Dumbo movie. There's no kids. Dumbo still doesn't talk, but the animals do. Mom Dumbo, the other elephants, the mouse, the crows, all of them, they talk. The, the visuals and the animation style is, is compelling and engrossing and captivates you. You know, it, 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 it really comes together in a much, much cleaner way. The characters and the, the, the message and themes are much more focused and easier to, to extrapolate from in the original Dumbo. It's shorter, of course, but I don't know. It, it just it works so much better, and I don't know. I, I think... Uh, I think there was a, a big, big um, opportunity missed here, which is a shame. I mentioned the visual effects. I don't think the visual effects are very good. The first scene where Dumbo flies with Eva Green looks horrendous. Looks really, really bad. And... I don't know. I, I likened the movie to to, to Paddington. Um, if the main character couldn't talk, if the effects were worse, and if the humans were uninteresting. And I think that's pretty true. Uh, I've been pretty negative about the movie. Uh, maybe more negative than a 35 score would suggest. And that might be true. But so so one of, so things that the movie does well. Obviously, I've talked a lot about the bad things. Um, actually, before that, last, I think, one more actor. Uh, Diobia Opere. Oh, probably butchered that. This is his ninth film credit. It it drops his average scoring to a 40.78. It's his fourth film in the rate between 25 and 49. It is his fourth film overall. Uh, one spot behind Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides. One spot ahead of Your Highness. Uh, value of negative 6.5. Score of 26.86. And ranked 4,022nd overall. One spot behind Deirdre Lovejoy. One spot ahead of Fred Armisen. And he plays... Rongo, the strong, strongo man. Um, and that's it. He, he might have been the funniest character in the movie in the opening, you know, 20, 15, 10 minutes. Um, maybe. Uh, genre, it's a fantasy movie. That's, uh, that's it. It's a fantasy drama. Can we say that? Fantasy drama... That's probably accurate. Uh, as a fantasy movie, it is currently the 601st fantasy movie overall. And as a drama, it is the 2,823rd highest rated drama overall. Um, it does not, or it, it has a three on the Bechtel test. It is, and it is a PG movie. Not nominated for any Oscars as of right now. I don't expect it to be. Not showing up in the Circle of Film Awards for 2019 either. Um, and that leads us to 
what I liked. So, again, statistics don't really bear out what I did like about the movie. Tactile effects, so costuming, makeup, uh, hair design, production, I thought those were pretty strong, pretty solid. It, it really... It's always been a strength of Burton's for his films to look good. And while Dumbo and, and the CGI of the elephants aside, I, I do think the film looks good. The costumes are great. The setting looks fun. Um, you know, it has all of his trademark touches in that respect. Uh, the film, the, the, the music and the sound of it uh, was actually nice. I, I think the sound effects are good. You know, Dumbo's sounds and the elephants and all the animals that they have to talk about and the crowd and the reactions of the crowd and how that all plays together. I thought he did that pretty well. The film looks fine. Uh, when, when we weren't trying to watch Dumbo fly, I thought the, the cinematography was good. Anytime we were, though, it was very, very, like, all the tricks and, like, oh, this is a raised platform that Dumbo's standing on, but we can only see everything from Dumbo's knees up. I wonder what they're doing. Like There were a lot of shots like that that I really didn't didn't want to be there, uh, but they were. Uh, and, like, it felt like there were a lot of shortcuts taken to make it easier for the visual effects team, and the visual effects team still somehow dropped the ball. So, I, you know, I don't know what to do about that. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a perform. There's a rendition of "Baby Mine" in the film. Uh, it's the only song, uh, but it was, you know, it sounds good. It's a good, good song. Um, there was oh one other thing I wanted to mention because I did like this. Um, let's see if I can figure it out. Yes, Michael Buffer. Michael Buffer. If you don't know who Michael Buffer is, don't, don't, I didn't know his name. Uh, he is a ring announcer in, in boxing and wrestling. He's the let's get ready to rumble guy. I've seen him in commercials recently for, uh, I forget what the, um, I forget what the car commercial was, but he, he's in it. Uh, he is the announcer <laughs> in Michael Keaton's Dreamland for Dumbo. And there, he does the, let's get ready for Dumbo. And it, it's it's so over the top, so ridiculous, so crazy. And it fits so perfectly in, you know, a Tim Burton movie. It, you know, it should be cheesy and corny, and it is, but it, it still manages to be... Yeah, the, he's. I mean, his voice is still great for 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 announcing and and calling things like that. It was just really strange to see him there, and then it's a lot of fun. I liked him. I liked him in that. So that that was fun. But he, he's only in it for like twenty seconds. Uh, okay, we're, we're gonna last thing. I gave Dumbo a thirty-five. It is the 76th film to receive that score. Other films that are received at 35, looking back at last year, Half Magic, A Wrinkle in Time, Johnny English Strikes Again, 
Viceroy's House, Voice from the Stone, Suburbicon, The House, Bad Moms, The Angry Birds Movie, Resident Evil, The Final Chapter, Daddy's Home, The Wedding Ringer, Need for Speed, That Awkward Moment, We Bought a Zoo, um, and so on, and so on. A lot of them. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Dumbo. Big letdown. Very, very sad. Um, so yeah, I, I don't really encourage anybody to go to see it. Not in theaters, anyway. Uh, so, uh, Dumbo! Yay! That's, that's it. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It does mean a lot. If you would like to find more episodes, head over to circlefilm.com or most places where podcasts can be found. If you'd like to support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash circleoffilm uh, and support us for as little uh, us. I say us. There's just me. Uh, support me for as little as eight cents an episode. Um, or you can go to iTunes, subscribe, review, rate, or on anything. Not doesn't have to be iTunes. If you would like to follow me, you can do so on Twitter, at Circle of Film, or Letterboxd, at Circle of Film, or send me an email, circleoffilm at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to today's episode. It does mean a lot. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from Nothing's really left or lost without a trace. Nothing's gone forever, only out of place. So long, farewell, oh, what I'll be to say. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.